You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Alrighty, we got four check marks in here. Let's get that fifth up and running before we are officially wheels off the ground and airborne for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. All right, good morning, good morning. Hello, everybody, and uh, hello, Scott. How are you doing? Happy Thursday. Yeah, good morning. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well. It's been hot here, man. It's for, for Seattle, it's been hot. I think it was like 88 degrees yesterday, which is toasty here, and it's pretty humid in Seattle, and nowhere has air conditioning, so it makes it that much more hot. Uh, but yeah, doing well I, otherwise. I can't imagine not having air conditioning. It's like when you need it, you need it. You know, for it, there's certain nights where you lay down, and you're like, you know what? I'd pay a thousand dollars right now to be cooler. <laughs> yes, I've been uh, multiple fans running, hanging out in the basement. Some places do have air conditioning, but not everybody. And uh, it's hot here. It's been hot, but uh, we got some ocean air coming in right now. So it'll be a lot better. Um, but good morning, guys. This is an episode of uh, Broncos for Breakfast. I'm running the show today as far as the, the producing and everything on the back end, too. So bear with me. I'll do my best here. Um, maybe John will be joining us in the comments here in a bit. But for now, it's me. Uh, Broncos for breakfast every Tuesday, Thursday, eight o'clock mountain time. We will see you guys, Scott and myself. You can follow Scott on Twitter at scout Kennedy. It's easy to see, uh, easy to get that one confused, I think, but it's, it's also clever. So, uh, you have to lean into that one a little bit. Um, and you can follow myself on Twitter at Nick Kendall, MHH still speaking of Twitter, follow us at huddle up pod and at mile high huddle. If you guys are joining us on Facebook today, first off, click those thumbs up. That helps us a heck of a lot. Also go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle that can help us a lot also go to facebook.com um if you do that you can become a uh, supporter as well so we appreciate that and it's also this one was mile high huddle pod readings essential folks uh if you're joining us on youtube please subscribe like and share um that gets us to new eyeballs that makes sure that we can uh, continue to bring you these shows and uh helps us with sponsors etc cetera, etc cetera. if you guys are liking our page also and you're liking this show specifically, make sure you go to Scott's page. Uh, follow him at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. And I'm going to drop his uh, sub confirmation in the chat as well. Uh, Scott, what do you got going on right now? S- sell the people. What's happening well, on your well, channel? We're getting, we're getting close. Uh, I'm pushing 800 subscribers. Uh, you know, I hate calling them subscribers. That's what YouTube calls them because that makes it sound like you're paying for something. So it's, it's followers to me. Um, it's like I said, I don't care if you click on it and turn off notifications. I just need to get to a thousand. I have enough legacy content. And what I'm doing right now a little bit is just getting and doing some back work for high school recruiting. You know, I, I, I'm getting back into that where, you know, when I see these guys in the NFL, I want to watch them for four years. And uh, I put a video up of a, a wide receiver from Illinois that's choosing between Oklahoma and Missouri that is just good. Luther Burden, I believe his name is. I just remember the skills, size, speed, hands, body control, attitude, toughness, all of it. So, uh, yeah, and, and Richie Rich says, uh, sorry, YouTube doesn't let me subscribe twice. Sorry. No, I appreciate it. You need to be like me and have like 14 Gmail accounts and you can just try go between all of them. So, no, I'm <laughs> kidding, sort of. Um, but uh, I appreciate all of y'all that have come in here and uh, and helped me with that because um, as it starts to monetize, I will start doing much more as well. Absolutely. And let's, let's say hello to everybody in the chat here today. We got Taylor Buchanan Martin coming in here saying good morning, Broncos family and respect from California. Let us know about where in uh, California you're from, Taylor. I uh, always think of the SNL skit, um, but uh, I haven't been I haven't been down there yet. I need to get down. Uh, don't really. Have too much. I've never been to California. Never? I lived there for nine years. OK, 
Yeah, I, I, lived, I lived in uh, just near LAX, the Marina Del Rey, from 2005 to 2014. So good times, good times. Yeah, I, I would love to get to uh, Yosemite, Redwoods, and it's a dream of mine to backpack the um, the John Muir Trail. 211 miles, that would be a good time. Uh, I'm a crazy person. Uh, Cam Wirtz also in the house here. Cam, uh, hello and good morning from Oklahoma. Hashtag Go Broncos. Love to hear where everybody's from. Oh, Swink McLeod, another one. Good morning and hello from Los Angeles. Hashtag Go Broncos as well. Uh, good morning, Mahomes, Charlie, Charlie. And that's too early for Mahomes talk. Don't appreciate that. Um, Cam saying first time I can catch in a while, uh, live show in well, in a while had school. Okay. Well, school's essential, but, uh, that's, that's fine. We, we appreciate it. Uh, congratulations on being out for now. Uh, Anthony Duran. Good morning from Colorado, Colorado, home of our Denver Broncos. Beautiful, beautiful Colorado. Uh, George is in the house. I woke up just in time. Um, uh, talk about clutch. Um, Central Ontario from uh, north of the border there for Richie Rich. CC's in the house. EJ, good morning, Nick and Scott. And go Broncos. DBA, haven't seen you in a minute, DBA. Hope you're doing well. Good morning. What up, y'all? Uh, Garrett Ringy in the house. Good morning, Nick. Hey, make sure you give a good morning to Scott as well. Anthony Cordova, good morning, Nick and Scott. Go Broncos. Uh, Denver Broncos for life from Garrett Ringy. And our first super today. Heck Kyle yeah. bringing the heat, literally. Ooh. Bringing the heat. Oh, my God. 97 uh, in South Dakota. Does that kill South Dakotans? I mean, does that make it – is it make, like don't go outside? I mean, you know, I'm from the South. When it's 97, you know, we stay inside. We've got air conditioning everywhere. And you go from your car to your air-conditioned house, you know, that's why I, when, I, when I lived in Manhattan, the things I, I, I really disliked about it was the summer. People were like, oh, the winters, the winters. I'm like, no, the winters are fine. It's the summers that are awful because you got to – you know, you're you're outside so much more for your transportation. So 97 must be rough on a South Dakotan. Ugh, not for me. Um, that's a uh, that hurts me. And also, guys, I see some discourse here about. Uh, let's get to Kyle real quick. Actually, good morning, guys. Missed you live on Tuesday. That's okay, Kyle. I know people got things going on, but we're happy to have you here with us this happy Thursday morning. Um, 97 in South Dakota today. Stay cool, everyone. Well, that's a good time to. Uh, Good time to maybe get a bust out the pool, the sprinkler, uh, stay in the basement. I I remember I lived in a big old old house by myself my senior year of college over the summertime. And uh, instead of blasting the AC and paying for it myself, but it just would leak outside of the house, I would just hang out in the basement. Um, probably got a <laughs> some sort of mold or something from that. Uh, it probably explains a lot. But um, Mo Ron and Charlie Beagle, I see your guys' uh, comments there. There's plenty of different shows on there and different strokes for different folks. You know, uh, we uh, that's a good thing about this channel is uh, it's not – you know, a state sponsored media or anything going on. It's, it's a lot of different stuff going on. So make sure you uh, check them all out and uh, you can find what you like. Uh, we got Dom coming in here saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. How are you fellas doing this morning? Badass hat, Nick, buddy. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I think uh, Carl and I, that's the building the Broncos hat. We got to get some, uh, honestly, what we need is some uh, Broncos for breakfast coffee mugs. That would be a difference maker for me. Uh, keep uh, put keep putting that in Chad's ear. Uh, hashtag Broncos for life. Best podcast in the morning for the Broncos. We appreciate that. Miguel in the house also. Good morning, fellas. Uh, Garrett Ringy, Josh, Josiah Hicks, uh, Kevin Bronco Vines in here. Go Broncos from Long Beach, California. New Mexico in the house with Dom. Uh, Kyle in South Dakota, we got that. Oh, we got Gary Leeds Palmer. Gary, always a big supporter. Appreciate you. Hello, Broncos country from Arizona. Sean is in here from Delaware. Man, everybody, man we got a good crowd in here today. Let's... Uh, Spencer saying 12 and five uh, talking about dry heat here. Josiah Hicks said Mississippi fights plug in the house. Oh God. I wouldn't want to miss William Israel either. Hello from, is that Kiowa? 
Kansas? Is that we're getting we're getting big enough? This could take most of the show. Cam Words, Oklahoma. I mean, Adam Valentine's in the house. U.S. Dave. Uh, oh, Malcolm Brown. Don't want to skip you, buddy. Um, hello from Homer, Alaska. Um, Adam Valentine. I think we got everybody. Oh, here we got another one from the Philippines. I have to say hello to across the pond. Yeah, um, we, we, we'll, we'll start hitting it by country or state. Whoever comes in first, that's how we'll, we'll start. We'll start hitting you from location. Um, but uh, all right. Well, hello, Edwin from the Philippines, and I uh, hope you are doing well and staying safe and uh, things are going OK. They're over on Facebook, too, guys. If you're on Facebook, like uh, please click the thumbs up. Um, so we're at nine right now, according to my my numbers here. That might be YouTube, though. I don't know. Um, but Broncos, Denver Broncos. Um, good morning, everyone. And we're going to start steering the ship the right way. Um, the Broncos have had seven on seven so far, and they've had some interviews. And uh, I just want to get to get to you real quick, S- Scott, as a uh, an outsider, so to mm-hmm. speak. How much weight should Broncos fans put in this seven on seven period when it comes to this this quarterback battle between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke? It's an it's an indicator, but it's not the the be all end all by any stretch of the imagination. It's uh you know unless unless it's just drastic, you know, and I'm, unless it's like this guy just flat out can't play. You can you're you can when you're watching these kind of things, you're not going to be able to find out who can play, but you can filter out the guys that can't. And at this level, you're not gonna you're not gonna have that. You know, we've got a, a, an 18 game starter in the NFL and a six year, seven year veteran who's been a been a Pro Bowler. We know they can play. So in, until until the the you know 11 on 11 starts coming up, until you start going comparing apples to apples, you're working with the ones and the ones. You're working with the twos and the twos. People are coming at you. You take those red jerseys off. You know the the protect the quarterback jerseys off. Then you start to know. I mean, I, I don't think they're both going to get their chances all the way through preseason. So yep. it's interesting, but you know, I don't put too much weight in it. Again, unless someone's just completely off the rails, that that's yeah. all you're gonna you're, you're gonna be able to decide now. And I, I don't think that's going to happen. So basically, yeah. you're not going to find out a whole lot right now. Yeah. Also, I mean, it, it's seven on sevens. Also, they they are implementing some uh, under center work for seven on seven, some play action and stuff too, which I think is interesting and also apparently a good chunk of uh two tight end work as well which, which um which, which which might be better for uh for minors than anybody yeah. <laughs> you know just getting the time in the snaps from center you know that might be better for quinn minors than than anybody making sure that he's he's getting that exchange down and if you get 200 clean exchanges in the uh you know in the preseason well now you got a, now you got a legit center battle you know if, if he's if he's uh, if he's struggling that well, okay, maybe we got to move him to guard. But you know that that's about as good as anything you're going to find out right now. From not not find out again. Like I said, you're you're gonna you can see some separation, but not enough where you're going to pronounce a starter. And frankly, in this quarterback battle, it's not going to stop game one. I don't care no. who they start game one. You know, yeah. it, the, the quarterback battle goes the first interception. Yep. <laughs> Either the first interception or the first four touchdown game. Uh, you know, the, the, the calls are going to be made. We should be doing this. We should be doing that. So I don't think it's going to stop period. Yeah. I think, uh, for seven on sevens, it's going to be, I would say, I hate to talk in, uh, definitives, but, uh, I would say it's impossible for anybody to win it in seven on sevens. Um, but it might be possible for somebody to lose it if they just mm-hmm. look totally incompetent out there. Uh, they can't execute the offense. Balls aren't coming in on time, not making the right reads, et cetera, et cetera. It does sound like, Teddy Bridgewater has been the better quarterback so far, but uh, we got a long ways to go. So I'm not going to put that much weight in it. You know, guys, we have a, until we get to 11 on 11s and whatnot, um, we're not going to know. But the seven on sevens are kind of, it's interesting. And I think the most interesting thing, again, coming out from it is typically seven on sevens, you'll see uh, a lot of wide receivers out there, one tight end, 
and they'll spread it out and they'll do shotgun. Well, that's not what they've been doing so far, especially with all the tight ends. There's there's a narrative that uh, Pat Shermer, he's stuck in that shotgun 11 personnel ways, which uh, even though we saw the data um, from last year that the Broncos had the fourth highest um, tight end uh, targets per game last season, only behind teams that have either two really good tight ends in the Eagles or have the best tight ends in football in uh, Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey. George Kittle hurt last year, probably impacted that uh, 49ers targets per game. But the Broncos used a tight end last year, and Noah Fant apparently has been killing it so far. Year three for a tight end, he looks absolutely jacked. Um, So I'm really excited to see that. But uh, just interesting note, I want to, when there are bad narratives out there and the data goes directly against it, you got to kind of push back against that and uh, reevaluate. Uh, we got Miguel coming in here with a question over on Facebook. I see the Facebook uh, hearts and likes have jumped up a little bit, so appreciate you guys, you Facebook listeners. Um, would you trade two firsts and Shelby Harris to Green Bay for Rodgers? If so, do you think they would go for it? State of being hashtag New Mexico. Um, number one, absolutely. That's not a two firsts and Shelby Harris, who's, I believe, 30 years old. Um, I, I don't know how much Green Bay would want Shelby Harris, uh, given his age. And also, um, I don't know if the Broncos would he just signed a contract, so he'd have a lot of dead cap. I think Green Bay would be looking for more of somebody that has a uh, is on a rookie contract still. Um, but uh, would I do that trade? I wouldn't even think about it. I love Shelby Harris, but uh, for Aaron Rodgers, yes. Would Green Bay go for it? No way. That they, uh, they're looking for Jerry Judy, a Noah Fant, a Bradley Chubb, a Draymond Jones, maybe um, somebody who's an ascending player and picks on picks on picks. Yeah, and you ask yourself, would, would, would Broncos do it? Would you? Yes. Would they? You know, it takes two to tango on that one. But again, you know, I don't think Rodgers is going to be the type of guy that will sit out, pout. You know, he's when, when, when the whistle blows, he's going to play his hardest. That's the only time if they hold your feet to the fire like that, then you have to then you might have to sell for lower than you want. Um, yeah. But I, I don't think I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to do that. I, I just don't. I think he's too good of a professional, despite all the noise going around this year. Now, um, you know, we said it was a little too early for Mahomes. Um, but I found it very interesting that one of your best recruiters right now might be Patrick Mahomes, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> with him talking about, it'd be interesting to have him, uh, have Aaron Rodgers come West. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I would take that, please. Um, yeah, the Broncos are in a pretty precarious situation when it comes to where they stand in the pecking order of the AFC West, given it's not just Mahomes also it's Herbert who, I'd like to see him stack another good season um, before we, you know, crown him or anything, but no doubt he was pretty darn impressive last season. Uh, so, and also that was in a new team, new offense, totally new scheme from Oregon, uh, new guys all around him and in a uh, pandemic shortened off season, certainly didn't seem to bother Justin Herbert that much as he goes out and breaks all these uh, rookie quarterback passing records. Um, but uh, you know, if I guess uh, different standards for different quarterbacks, um, but we got Richie rich coming in here saying Scott and Nick, what are the positions you expected more out of and are not seeing good play from? Um, really hard to say with seven on sevens, Richie Rich, right? Like, and it's hard to say um, because they're only going against each other so far, right? Like the Broncos secondary, especially cornerback, very deep. They don't have Kyle Fuller. I guess I'm I'm disappointed Kyle Fuller's not there just because it would be good to hear about how he's looking and how he's driving and what the rotations look like with how deep the cornerback room is. Um, but as far as like expected to see more of and not seeing good play, I... I don't with seven on sevens. That's almost impossible to say from where we sit. Well, and and for me on that, I, I'm not going to say who would I expect more of uh, from watching play because I'm, I'm not watching practice, uh, unfortunately. Um, but one of the things that has me nervous right now is KJ Hamler. You know, that's who I want to see mm-hmm. go. Is 
you know, who do I expect more from? Well, it's not his fault, but this could be a big piece to the puzzle and he's still not out there. And it's the same lingering hamstring injury, man, you know, you wonder, is it, is it ever going to happen for him? You start getting those doubts and I'm sure he's starting to worry a little bit about it too, where, yeah. you know, and maybe it ends up being, you know, this is, you know, down the line, but you know, these, these guys' bodies are still developing until they're 25, 26 years old, where it, it finally either just gives out on him or he finally gets healthy. And by then you've moved on and he goes yeah. and has a good career for the next, you know, last six years of his career somewhere else. But Hamler's the one that scares me right now. That, that hamstring, those lingering hamstring issues are just, they're, they're scary. I guess the one that I was hoping to hear more positives from, I guess would be Drew Locke. Um, just because, you know, everything going on in the work this offseason. But it sounds like early on, and I'm not putting much weight on it at all, but, like, uh, he's throwing the ball short pretty constantly, and the accuracy is apparently pretty sporadic on the short passes, which, not what you want to hear. Um, but uh, it's very early. I'm not putting hardly any weight on it. It's just some information that's out there right now, and uh, we'll see how it evolves. Um, EJ coming in here. Thoughts on Judy saying lock throws too hard. I don't remember him saying saying lock throws too hard uh, but he definitely said he threw hard um could that be reason for his drops last year that's probably a part of it um jerry judy did not play with any true like rocket arms at alabama to attack of iola mac jones neither guy is known for having a, a cannon um also part of it is uh just the timing right like jerry judy in his interview he was talking about how sometimes he would do like too many moves to set up to get open and by that point like as the primary read um, and by that point, the quarterback was either having to get off a spot or come off the read by the time Judy was getting open. So uh, timing's everything. Um, you have to know when you can pick your spots with uh, how many moves you can do to create separation and when's the best time to do it. So Judy can get separation, but it's knowing when to use what move based on where you are in the progressions. And I think he's uh, it's starting to come together. I'm expecting a, a big year from Jerry Judy as long as uh, the quarterback play can uh, get him the ball on time in the right spot. And, and that's part of the maturation process. You know, we yeah. talk about uh, Judy and who, who can take that step up. And a lot of it depends on the quarterback play. But, you know, I read an article. It was, it was a while ago. And things have changed a little bit because kids have been coming playing seven on seven all through high school. They're basically playing passing football year round. It's passing league. But several years ago, I, I read an article that was that was going through the development of wide receivers. And it was really year three where they took off, which was surprising to me. But, you know, they, they, and I would accelerate that a little bit now for the reasons I just said. But he should take a step up. He should take a big step up this year. He's certainly talented enough. Yeah, no, absolutely. And a CC coming in here um, saying, uh, how about the Sertan buzz? All reports coming out of the Valley is praise for him. I'm really impressed with his ability and want to pick up the playbook. Um, yeah, Sertan, uh, he's extremely young too. I think he's only 21 years old. Um, Nick Saban praised him uh, for his intelligence. Um, it was the only other defensive back I can remember Nick Saban talking about as highly when it came to, when it comes to the uh, intelligence factors uh, was uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, and Sertain's a better athlete and younger coming out than uh, Fitzpatrick was. Uh, so that's great. Um, I'm excited for him. It's unfortunate for Sertain that uh, his career will probably always be linked to Justin Fields for as long as the Broncos don't have a quarterback. Kind of like Bradley Chubb is linked to uh, Josh Allen as a, you know, what could have been, um, even though Chubb's been great. But uh Broncos got a good player at one of the most valuable positions in football, and uh, they got five years of control for somebody who looks like he can be a pro bowler at minimum. So hard to be that upset about that. So I'm really excited about that. I mean, it's coming from the Valley right now, right? And there's not, everybody's not there to watch it. And uh, we don't, we won't really know until we know, but it does sound like Sertan is going to be a great pick for the Broncos and uh, a piece that honestly, this team needed another back seven defining uh 
building block kind of player back there. It was just Justin Simmons. Now you got Sertan as well. Uh, defense is really starting to come together for the next, you know, four or five years. I was a big 10, you know, for that, yeah. for that position long-term. And a lot of how we judge the Sertan, I think he's going to stand alone. You know, you get a pro bowl corner, you're going to be happy. Yeah. Um, but you are going to keep an eye on fields. A lot of that depends on how he does. Yeah, but gotcha. uh, you know what, what Nick said is also, you know, that echoed is in my head a little bit was as long as the Broncos don't have a quarterback quarterback sex up, you forget about Justin Fields and you're yep. happy to have Sertan. 100%. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Now, getting back to the seven on sevens a little bit and the, the intrigue um, and, and what you can start seeing. I tell you, the, the one that I would definitely be watching is that safety position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kareem Jackson's not long for the Denver Broncos. You know, one more year, you know, this year probably. So who's going to step in next year? You know, for this year, it's good. I, I also started thinking of, you know, if there's an injury or the depth. So let's, you know, I, I'm interested in what Jamar Johnson and Caden Stearns are doing. Um, so I'll be interested to see to see them and get the reports out um, of them because you can start taking things away from coverage on defensive backs because the wide receivers and corners translate the best to seven on seven to what you actually see on the field. It's not quite the same because they're still not getting hit. Um, saw a question earlier. It says, um, you know, this may sound like a stupid question, but who gets left out in a in a, in a seven on seven? And, and theoretically, it's actually six on seven because the seventh player on offense is the center. And a lot mm-hmm. of times they won't use them. So you got four receivers, quarterback, running back, center. And and then after that, it'll be three, you know, depending on what package they do, they could do two linebackers, but it's, then it's the defensive line that's out. Uh, two linebackers, five in, 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 a, in a nickel package, or even one linebacker in a dime. But um, if you run a fullback or two tight ends, but it's four, four receivers and a running back, Basically, six skill guys in a center is, is what you have on offense. So it's it's theoretically six on seven because you've got five guys out in in, uh, in in pass going against seven in coverage. Yeah, and when you say receivers, you're including tight ends in that. Yes. So just to mm-hmm. just clarify. So uh, thank you for the question on uh, YouTube, BD Dunton. And if you like Scott's answer, make sure you sub uh, to his page as well. Um, transition there, youtube.com forward slash the forward slash Scott Kennedy. Um, I was just there. He is right up uh, against 800 there. So uh, maybe we can get him to the uh, over that threshold um, by the time this episode is over. Um, but uh, yeah, good question. Thank you very much. Um, we appreciate it. Bob Skinner in the house. How you doing, Bob? Um, morning, Broncos country. Muhammad, uh, since there is no uh, John today, I cannot pull up the super sticker. I'm going to assume it is that voluptuous pair that you like to go with that uh, man. She thick. Um, but, uh, that's, uh, we appreciate you, Muhammad. And, uh, hopefully you're, hopefully everything's going well in your world. I know that you are a, uh, I don't know if a new father, but a, a father to a newborn, um, Malik. So, uh, hope things are going well there. Um, uh, Muhammad, everybody say hello to Malik in the chat as well. That's a, uh, pretty awesome thing there. I know Chad has also, uh, been busy with his own, uh, Theo coming in here. Um, uh, Greg Smith coming in the house here. Good morning, fellas. Good to see you. Peter over in Turkey. Hey, smiley face. How you doing? Um, good to see you, Peter. Always good to see you um let's go to adam here uh drew was working with the twos versus the ones on defense i think we should take that into account um that's a good point um i do th- my understanding is they've rotated them evenly so far um drew got the ones early on versus the twos and they'll continue to uh, rotate that um but um that is a good point maybe maybe a little less so with the the defense this year given how especially in seven on sevens the broncos cornerback room is deep very very deep um, and I think that is going to make it, you know, when the Broncos twos are going against the ones, the ones are going against the twos, still going to be an issue. But also you can say the same thing for the uh, the wide receiver room. Wide receiver room is deep as well. So uh, Broncos looking pretty good um, on the boundary. We'll see how they look in the uh, the trenches this year. 
um, and how the quarterback plays. And uh, Scott, I always have an issue with this, just kind of steering us here for a second. Everybody takes away a lot from uh, OTAs, practices, scrimmages, et cetera, et cetera. I always find it a, a zero-sum game, right? Because you don't really know about how it is for your team. Like in, uh, I remember 2016, um, that was one of the, my first years covering the Broncos. And uh, OTAs, everyone's like, oh, my God, the Broncos secondary is even better than they were in 2015. No-fly zone 2.0. It's going to be amazing. They were still really good, but uh, turns out it was a zero-sum because the Broncos offense, the wide receivers, the quarterback play, <laughs> abysmal like right it's like if you're if one guy's winning on your side that means another guy's probably losing on the other side uh i found in spring practice you know what you call it in college and uh and in otas <clears throat> maybe more so in college uh the, the the place that's going to excel is the one that needs the most work you know <laughs> because mm-hmm. Our offense is struggling. We're going to work on our offense. We're going to set them up to, to we're going to, we're, we're not going to blitz. We're going to keep our best pass rushers out of the game. We're going to give this off confidence. Otherwise, if I'm having trouble on offense and I got Von Miller out there and he's ending every play, what am I learning? What, what am I getting better at? I'm not getting better at anything because Von Miller's ending every play. So we're going to keep Von Miller on the bench. And now we're going to, we're going to, we're going to throw, Hey, the offense looks better all of a sudden. Well, yeah, because the the best player on defense isn't out there. So, again, like you're saying, <clears throat> you, you always have to ask your question when when you're seeing, you know, man, the offense looks great. Why? You know, again, I, I like data. I also want to know answers. Why? Is it because they're holding back the defense or because the defense sucks? Well, we know that's not going to be the case. So you have to have all the information to take take those type of things in because – you're, you're playing in a vacuum until you line up against somebody else. You don't know. Yeah, zero sum. Uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, either way, it's, it's fun to see those guys out there. It's, it's real new football that's happening. So that's always good. Uh, Peter Middleton coming in here with a good question. Um, it's still early. It's still the early days, but Broncos have had many poor second round decisions, except for Pat or uh, Cortland Sutton. Will Locke and Hamler join that list? I love Hamler, but if you can't play, you won't stay in the league. And I, I want to push back here. I know that I am definitely critical of Locke. I do not grade him on the the curve. Uh, I compare him to NFL starting quarterbacks. Um, but uh, for a second-round pick, I would say that Locke is, at minimum, average return on investment for the quarterback position, if not above average. If you go and look at the – and it's one reason that I'm like, if you don't use a top 15 pick on quarterback position, it's a scratcher ticket as far as the odds to hit, you know, your odds are really long. If you're not using an early pick on the quarterback position, league is league is league does a pretty good job at identifying the haves or the have nots at the quarterback position in the last decade. Um, so uh, lock, even if let's say lock uh, continues to play like he has, that's not the worst in the world because he's out there. You can win some football games with lock uh, as he's played so far. It's not like he's Christian Hackenberg out there. It's not like he's Deshaun Kaiser, right? Like there's, there's a lot, a lot of bad uh, non-first round quarterbacks, second round quarterbacks. Did Lock- Kaiser get drafted in the second round? He did. Yep. Cleveland Brown, oh, second round. I just remember I wasn't, you know, doing NFL draft at the time, but you know, you see these early mock drafts and stuff and you're like, Deshaun Kaiser. Really? Why? He's big and tall with an arm. I'm right. Like, would you folks just pay me 10% of what you're wasting to tell you what not to do? Don't draft Deshaun Kaiser in the second round. It seemed like some of them listened though, with uh, the way these, these quarterbacks fell out of the draft completely. Yeah. This year, you know, Felipe Franks, who's signed as a free agent. I'm like, I wouldn't draft him. Um, and who's the kid that bounced from Georgia to Wake Forest? Uh, 
Uh, Jamie Newman. Jamie Newman. Oh, no. No, don't. And, you know, he, he fell out of there, too. I can't believe Deshaun Kaiser. So, going back to second rounds, uh, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited to see Javonta Williams. Yes. You know, you get, you get four or five years of high production out of that, you're pretty happy with that second-round pick, plus whatever it costs you to move up a little bit. But I'm pretty excited to watch Javonta Williams play in this offense, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, and with uh, no Melvin Gordon there, obviously, guys are trying to protect themselves. And in seven-on-sevens, like, how valuable is it for Melvin Gordon to be there? I, I don't know. Like uh, Kyle Fuller, it would be good to have him out there for seven on sevens um, just for the, especially for chemistry and continuity with this, with his teammates. Um, that's really important as a Vic Fangio defense. Go ahead. The, the two positions you le- you learn the least about in seven on sevens is running back and linebacker flat out. If you're not hit or be, if you're not hitting or being hit at running back and linebacker, you don't know what you've got, you know, nothing. Yep. So those for me, it'd be, it's nice for rookies to be there just mm-hmm. to learn the playbook that that's it just to make sure you know where to be and when that's it that's all you're getting out of it and that's a lot for a rookie but not for a veteran yeah no that's a good point maybe you learn even less about the defensive line and the tackles and the guards but well that's not they're not even they're not playing (laughs) yeah i know uh draymond jones yesterday was asked about the quarterback battle he's like i don't give a bleep um i don't know i'm not out there so i can't tell you i'm not even close to that when that's going down so uh just uh if people asking about the seven on sevens Draymond Jones is not out there for that. Not yet. We should get 11 on 11s, I think, as soon as next week. Um, so that'll be fun. I'm I'm really interested to see how the tackle depth does and uh, how the Broncos, just the defensive line looks, right? Like uh, McTelvin Ajim is somebody that needs to step up this year. Um, edge rushing depth behind uh, Chubb and Vaughn. So it'll be interesting. Those are positions that uh, remain to be seen. Um, CC coming back in here, in here rocking the uh, Quinn Miners gut from the senior bowl there. Uh, Scott and Nick, do you legitimately think Sertan can and will be a top 10 cornerback in the league? Um, I think he can be. And uh, I think that he is in a, a lot of cornerbacks is they're pretty scheme specific. Like if you put a cornerback in the wrong spot, like James Bradbury, right? Like he's so scheme specific for what he did. Great for that. Uh, what Ron Rivera was running there, but then went off and uh, fell off another one. That's classic scheme specific. Uh, this might be a little bit older for some of you guys, but uh, do you remember Namdi Asamoah? Uh, really good for the the Raiders there for a long time. Only played on the one side, played a very specific uh, defensive scheme there with the Raiders. Went to the Eagles. They tried to play more man, and oh my God, he did not look nearly as good. Another one, uh, Richard Sherman. If you're asking Richard Sherman to play uh, off coverage or something like that. So cornerbacks, you know, different schemes fit different guys. I think with this Vic Fangio defense specifically, uh, Sertan maybe doesn't have the off coverage that you historically have seen from uh, Vic Fangio on the boundary cornerback, but I think Sertan is versatile in a sense where he can play safety. He can play nickel. He can play boundary. And Vic Fangio has shown a propensity, despite being an old head, being one of the best innovators in defense in football and putting guys in a position to succeed. So uh, can Sertan be a top 10 cornerback in this in this league? Absolutely. Yeah, my answer is yes. Nice and simple. Now, m- my question going back to your commentary was, would you have considered at one point Richard Sherman to be a top 10 corner in this league? Yeah. yeah yes. Without a doubt. So, and, and he's... And, and uh, Sertan's going to have a similar skill set to him uh, with, with his size and his physicality. And I hate that word, physicality. I'm going to have to come up with something I like better than that. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, he can, he can certainly be a, uh, a top 10 guy. Will he? Yes. Is he going to be right away? No. Yeah. No, I don't expect him to be this year, uh, obviously. He's a, he's a rookie. He's got a, so, some, a lot of things to learn. And anticipation is worth two steps on a football field. You know, we, we mm-hmm. get all tied up with these 40 times and all this stuff, but knowing where to be and when and, and seeing it in advance 
is is worth two tenths of a, a second on a forty yard dash, and that comes with time. That's not going to come right away. Yeah, good point. And we got uh, Tommy Brahana coming in here over on Twitch. Uh, thank you, Tommy. Um, and this is a good comment. Uh, saw a report yesterday that Bridgewater actually had two drop pick sixes in seven on sevens. Uh, don't know how they can be pick sixes if they were dropped, especially in seven on sevens. But uh, either way, picks um, in seven on sevens, uh, kind of evening out the battle again. I find it interesting that it's hard to find any reports on it when everyone freaked out about the one uh, lock pick last week. And lock's a powder keg right now, right? Either way, a lot of people are dug in on both sides. Uh, I'm trying to dig myself out of either way because I really was hoping for a Fields or a Lance um, in the draft, but uh, didn't play out that way. Um, so digging myself out. Um, but why did everyone freak out? It's because there's so much intrigue uh, about Locke right now. And uh, just his issues have been interceptions. That's probably his biggest issue. And, and when he's throwing them, people are going to be concerned about it. And I think everybody, a lot of people are sensi- really sensitive about it in both directions. Yeah, it's why are people freaking out about it? It's because well, one happened and the others didn't. Yeah. You know, that's, that might be one of the reasons. So, you know, I'm... Uh, Again, it's it's seven on sevens. It's yep. it's the first time out there. It's first live action. Don't read too much into anything that you're reading out there. Um, th- this this quarterback this this quarterback battle is going to go on all year. I mean, yep. there's only one way, two ways, two ways this quarterback battle gets settled. One, Aaron Rodgers comes in. Two, someone gets hurt. You know, God forbid. Otherwise, you know, the most what's the old saying? The most popular position in uh, in football the backup quarterback, you know, that's, that's not going to change. It's been around for 50 years. Yeah. So uh, expect more uh, hyperbole and uh, overreactions. <laughs> Especially in the off season, right? Like that's, that's just like, <laughs> what do we have to go on? Everything is, uh, if you're reacting on anything, it's probably an overreaction, but uh, it's football, right? You know, toss the crumbs down. Everyone jumps down. We're like a bunch of pigeons right now in uh, Central Park. Um, we got Olio coming in here with the super sticker over on, across the pond, the $5 euros on YouTube. Uh, thank you very much, Olio, again. Um, you'll have to let us know in the comment section uh, what it is because I cannot leave this with uh, to go pull up what they are. So uh, thank you very much. Oh, Muhammad saying she thick. So it must have been the pair. We appreciate that. And congrats, Muhammad, again on, on Malik. Um, and guys, again, Miguel, call of action coming in here from Miguel. Don't forget to check out Scott's page on YouTube, and I will drop it in the comment section again right now so you guys can click that and uh, enjoy. It's got a lot of good content there coming in. Uh, so thank you very much, Olio, for the uh, the super sticker as well. Um, here's a good comment here from uh, Josiah Hicks over on YouTube. Uh, I think Williams is a dark horse for this year, and I'm going to even take it a step further. Uh, Javonta Williams, dark horse for rookie of the year. Potentially. What do you think, Scott? I mean, it's all these I quarterbacks. Think I think there's gonna be too many starting quarterbacks. Okay. Yeah. Um, that they're just going to have the numbers, you know, when, who all do you think is going to start at quarterback Trevor Lawrence for sure. Um, and you know, what are the 49ers going to do? You know, so it's just Trey Lance. You give up three first round picks. You're going to sit Trey Lance for a year. Mm. So uh, Justin Fields is going to play a lot. Um, so I think it's gonna be too many quarterbacks. Um, Julio, if Julio Jones is gone, Kyle Pitts is going to get 80 catches. You know, they're going to throw to him a ton. So I, I think it will be tough for him to be rookie of the year, but certainly into, uh, into consideration. Now, how about a dark horse? If, uh, if Hamler doesn't get in, how about the other Williams? 
How about Seth Williams? How about him coming in as a dark horse to come in and contribute? <laughs> not rookie of the year. Not rookie yeah. of the year. I'm just saying come in and, and surprise some people. How about him summoning uh, surprising some people? I like Seth Williams. I feel like I'm very much of the mindset that uh, you build your wide receiver room like a basketball team. Guys with different body types, different posi- uh, different skill sets, et cetera, et cetera. Seth has a lot of overlap with what you already have in uh, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. So uh, I see people asking, oh, what about what if KJ Hamler's hurting out for a while? Who's the name to watch? Seth Williams, I'm excited about, but I think the name to watch is Tyree Cleveland. I think he's a little bit more twitched up. I think he can do a little bit more from the slot and the Z position. Um, obviously, Deshaun Hamilton also injured uh, ACL, so he's not a name that you can watch. Um, so uh, I'm going to throw Tyree Cleveland out there. I think he is the name to watch. I, th- I actually thought he... Uh, good special teams reps last year, but uh, he impressed in the limited chances he had out there. I'm excited to see him in preseason. Th- those are the kind of guys when I'm watching preseason football. Yeah, the starters are out there. That's great. But like what's going on with the back end of the roster guys, who's going to earn those spots, who's stepping up, who's somebody to keep an eye on going forward that uh, might really hit something. I'll see. And I, I kind of like saying that, you know, I like building it like a basketball team too, big and fast with good ups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Seth Williams certainly, Fits that bill as well. So, um, no, I was just, uh, you know, when he said Williams and didn't specify as a dark horse, like, yeah, hey, let's go, let's, let's play with this one a little bit. Cause I, I, I'm a big fan of what I think Seth Williams can be. Um, I think he's got a, a year to learn at least mm-hmm. to play, the, yeah. just to play the position, to be in a pro style offense, to do all of those things, to become a pro because physically he's there. He's, he's a, a, a second round type guy. Uh, physically. So it, it's going to take him at least a year to get going, but uh, a hell of a draft, hell of a value pick in the sixth round. I believe he, he got taken. I mean, you draft him and uh, you hope that he shows enough this year where you're like, okay, Tim Patrick, we love you. Um, good luck elsewhere. Cause we cannot pay you in Cortland Sutton. And there's our backup X. We do put him a year in the fermentation chamber. There comes Seth Williams. And speaking of uh, coming here, here comes Pavi. Uh, another big, generous uh, super chat donation here. $33 for, uh, Gosh, uh, who's 33 on the Broncos right now? Is that Javonta Williams or is he 30? He was drafted that's, 35. That's my number. 33 is uh, your number. Th- like three, I won't get All into right. it, but three is uh, a big number in my life. And uh, part of it goes back to my favorite player as a kid was Tony Dorsett. Tony mm-hmm. Dorsett, 33. Big 3-3. Three, three. Right. So, yeah. Well, there you go. Anyway, thank you. Thank you very much again. Uh, it's uh, it's something we, we we talk about on and offline a lot is the, the generosity and, and helping us out here. Thank you. Yeah, uh, good morning, everyone. Enjoying the Broncos for breakfast very much. Uh, orange heart, blue heart for the Broncos, of course. Uh, thanks, guys. Well, Bobby, thank you very much. And uh, hopefully you're doing well right now. Also, as a uh, everybody's having uh, pandemic babies, um, uh, it, Bobby is a uh, relatively new ant. Or not a new ant, but uh, somebody brought, um, brought into this world and an ant. So hopefully things are going well out in Iowa. I, I miss Iowa. Um, I am loving the mountains out here in uh, Seattle and the Pacific Northwest, but uh, miss family. And uh, spring, when really starts to emerge, summer in Iowa, especially early summer, the lightning bugs starting to come out. Oh, it's a good time. I don't know. This is, <laughs> sorry, this just reminded me. Um, so are you in a uh, cicada country right now? Like with the massive cicada thing going on in the world? Uh, I don't think so, but I saw a bug I didn't recognize yesterday. It looked like almost like a cross between. Do you know what a stink bug is? They look like oh, shovel yeah. heads almost. Yes. And then a cross between that and like a praying mantis. So that may have been it. It wasn't a locust. That's what we have down here, the locusts that are so loud. Okay. So, um, cicadas and locusts they, might be the same them, but, but, you know, I worry most about mosquitoes and yellow jackets down in the south. Um, well, I saw that the, uh, I saw that the FDA um, yesterday. Uh, put out an announcement saying, uh, people, 
if you have a shellfish allergy, please do not eat cicadas. They have a similar thing in them that causes allergic okay, reaction. Okay, good tip. I won't, I won't so. be eating them soon, but, you know, they got to be good uh, grilled over the open flame and, and put in between, like, s'mores. You know, add a little extra crunch there, but, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, they probably are high in nutrients, right? That's I'll, like, that's I'll, I'll remember that. And CC has a, a good comment here. Uh, it says, Cleveland is quickly becoming a high-value pick in the seventh round. Um, he was the number one receiver in the country coming out of high school. Uh, yeah. You know, and you don't you don't get that. You know, yeah, we we miss on guys too uh, with the, with the college football recruiting stuff, but you don't get that unless you're a you know a freak of an athlete. Some of the questions we had about him, I think he was coming out of Texas for some reason. I think he was coming out of Houston somewhere in that area. Was does he have the maturity, so to speak? That's a nice way of saying he had some off the field problems. Uh, to to take the next level. So, but the the physical tools are there. He he was a number one receiver, five stars next to his name, and you don't do that unless you're a freak. Yeah, yeah, he is a uh, five stars. Don't always equal great NFL talent, but um, it certainly doesn't help or doesn't hurt. Um, so it gives you a, a leg up. You know that they they have some physical talent there. Um, Michael in the house too. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Go Broncos. Um, very much. Also, I saw Christy was in here. I do not see where her comment went, but uh, Christy who's always a big supporter of all the Broncos shows. We appreciate Oh, there she is. Uh, Christy, good morning. Hope you all have a great day. Hope you have a great day as well. And uh, Christy, I saw that you, uh, both your your daughters uh, finished this year with a, a 4.0. So uh, that speaks nice. to, to them, but also speaks to you. So uh, congratulations to that. I know you got to be really proud, but I just I figured they they deserve some airtime. If, if they're putting in the work in school and getting a 4.0 and doing all the extracurriculars they do as well, I, uh, softball, I believe, Um that's awesome. Like that's, that's so cool. So uh, congratulations to them and congratulations to you as well. Uh, Charlie, come uh, in real real quick before we get back to our bugs. uh, U.S. Dave asked me, did I remember that Tony Dorsett was a Bronco? Uh, Actually, I didn't remember that. I had, uh, I had forgotten it. I know it was towards the, uh, towards the tail end of his career. And I kind of forget. Yeah. I associate those guys, except for maybe Joe Montana with, you know, cause he, he had a run with the chiefs, but you know, I, I kind of forget like Emmett was a Cardinal. Wasn't he? Didn't he go to yeah. Arizona? You kind of block that out of your mind. Um, and you, your, your long-term memory just associates them with, you know, what made them stars. So I'd forgotten that good, good, good call on that. Thank you. My favorite is uh, Jerry Rice as a Bronco. <laughs> that was, I couldn't a, have told you that. I remember him as a Raider. I couldn't have told you Jerry Rice f- played for Denver. I could not have told you that. Yeah, I don't think he even made the team, but uh, he was. I remember he was on Madden in like 2005 as the Broncos, and uh, they he didn't even officially make the 53 man roster, but the Broncos like did up their big press room for his retirement, um, just because. I mean, it's it's freaking Jerry Rice. When but, I uh, think of greatest football player of all time, two that spring right to mind, except for you know obvious guys are Jerry Rice and Lawrence Taylor for me. Um, you know, the the greatest players of all time. You know, it, it it wouldn't take me long to hit their names top five for me for sure. Yep. Uh, they need like a Hall of Fame in the Hall of Fame, and those guys would be in it, <laughs> no doubt. Maybe a Platinum Hall of Fame members. Um, but uh, let me see. We got Kareem asking us here. And hello, Kareem, over in uh, North Carolina. Good to see you this morning. Uh, Nick, are you planning to go into any NFL games this year? Uh, Se- Seahawks, perhaps. I would love to. The Seahawks are a uh, hard ticket to get uh, in this city. They're very popular. It's unlike going to, like, not that the Mariners aren't popular, but when you have 82 games compared to what will be eight or nine or yeah, eight or nine um, for a 17 game season. A little harder, um, but uh, I would love to go to a game. That that uh, Seahawks stadium looks beautiful as well. I'd love to kind of take in the Legion of Boom. Um, I know the Broncos play them for preseason. I don't know what they'll be for capacity wise in preseason, um, but uh, 
I'd love to go. Have you been to you have have you been to a Seahawks game? I know you're I've talking. Not, I've, been to I, I've not been to a Seahawks game. I haven't. I don't remember the last time I went to an NFL game. Honestly, um, I th- this background here. I actually took this picture. I'm more likely to go to London and go to Stamford Bridge than I am twenty. Uh, you know. 20 miles down the road to Atlanta. I, I am an Atlanta United season ticket holder, so I, I go to those more often. But, um, you know, with both of my kids playing at least two sports, uh, my weekends are fairly tied up, and I can't invest five hours into a into a game. Um, and that's just getting there and back. That doesn't count any extracurriculars. For sure. Um, uh, Jake coming in here uh, asking, if Hamler is hurt this season, should we give Tim Patrick a contract to replace Hamler? I think it's you're not looking about Tim Patrick versus Hamler. It's uh, Tim Patrick versus Cortland Sutton. And uh, if Cortland Sutton gets injured again or Tim Patrick is dominant, um, you could definitely see uh, Patrick get a contract. I would love to bring Patrick back. Um, he is a he's a great player. Um, but uh, you're talking about two mostly tip uh, profiles X receivers. I think you'll see Patrick as some Z this season as well uh, to get Sut or to get uh, Judy in the slot. Um, some for that eleven personnel, but. Uh, you're, you're talking about two different types of guys, right? Like it's like uh, Hamler's a point guard compared to Tim Patrick playing power forward, right? Like it's like, okay, they both play basketball, but they are playing, they're asked to do different things out there. Um, so that's, and it's also just gets down to how specialized um, a lot of these positions actually are, even in the positions themselves, right? Like uh, as cornerback, wide receiver, tight end, uh, safeties, even like the, the just because they say safety or position doesn't mean that they are a one for one with another guy at the position. There, a lot of guys are asked to do a lot of different things. I mean, like imagine comparing, uh, not, it's not to this extent, but imagine comparing, uh, Wes Welker to Randy Moss, right? Like they, they both play wide receiver, do completely different things, just different skill sets. Well, and you, you got to start asking how much money you're going to invest in the position. You know, yeah. it's there, there is a cap. And if, if Jerry Judy will be coming up, you know, after a year, I mean, not, in one year, but you got to start thinking about Jerry Judy. You know, what's Cortland Sutton going to do? There's going to be a stack of those guys. You know, I don't think you you can really have more than two big money receivers on your team, unless you're the Atlanta Falcons and being run by uh, by uh, Thomas Dimitrov, who plays like it's a seven-on-seven team. But uh, um, I, uh, I, again, you, you got to start, you got to start making, you're going to have some hard choices to make, but those mm-hmm. are good choices. Hopefully those are good choices. You know, when you're, when you're choosing between areas of strength, that's good. So you're hoping you're hoping these guys are going to step up and you can't afford them because they produced. So it's like, it's all oh, that guy sucks and he's going to leave you anyway. Well, which is it? Is he going to, is he, why would he leave me if he sucked? And if he's really good, well, thank you. We'll wish him well. We can't afford to keep him. Yeah, no, that's a, uh, that's a great point. Um, it's, you can't pay everybody. Right. And that's one reason that uh, Tim Patrick was uh, talked a lot about as a guy who might be traded. Um, I think if Cortland Sutton, wasn't injured you might have actually seen that but uh, this Broncos team is going for it this year however if the Broncos uh slip let's say they start off two and five or something you might see somebody like uh, Tim Patrick shopped and maybe you can get a fourth or I I would hope for a fourth round pick or maybe something uh equivalent to a late fourth that has like a a fifth and a 2023 uh four or five you know something that can equal the value of a late four um in this upcoming draft but uh we'll see that's that's if the Broncos kind of fall off the rails there um, so, uh, got a question here coming in from Kevin over on Facebook. Uh, Hey guys, love your pod by what week of preseason. Do you think the Broncos pick who will be the starting quarterback? Scott, you kind of hinted at this earlier, what you thought. Uh, what's the last week of the preseason week three, <laughs> <laughs> then we, then after week three, I don't think they, I don't, I don't think they name a starter until the week of the first game. And mm-hmm. even then 
I think it'll be in question. We're, I don't think the quarterback battle's closed off uh, after that, no matter what they say. You know, there's a there's a phrase I've used forever that coaches lie so much they don't call it lying. They call it coach speak. So mm-hmm. even even if they come out and say, this is our guy, this is our guy, well, he's our guy until he throws three interceptions, then we're going to make a change. Yeah. So I, uh, I don't think – I wouldn't expect a starter to be named until – week one of the of the season but we'll see we'll see yeah and i wanted to get to this comment here from uh just you made me look it out uh look it up jason out of the top 10 linebackers drafted or linebacker prospects drafted i think Stephen Collins was the only one over 240 uh, micah parsons was over 240 like it was yep um i'm not sure if uh baron or uh excuse me i'm not sure if yeah if uh browning was uh one in the top 10 linebackers drafted but uh he was also um over 240 um, so that's another one. And uh, Jameen Davis, what was Jameen Davis? He had to be pushing it. I mean, you know, he's a little wiry, but he's so big. that. Uh, well, and we got to start also looking at the guys that were defensive ends, that'll play linebacker, you know, that'll, yeah. that'll be that size. Uh, Aziz Ojolari, you know, could, could end up being that, but that was one of the questions we had. It's like, why not Aziz or Micah Parsons? You know, when you're talking about, I'm like, well, Micah's bigger than Aziz Ojolari for God's sakes. So yeah, yeah Micah, Micah is, uh, he's a difference maker. He's a, he's 250, you know, he's 247. He'll play at 250 running sub four, four with a shuttle and, and, and instincts and everything. He's going to be a hell of a player for the Cowboys. Yeah. And we got uh, Chad coming in here asking, um, do you think incoming quarterbacks Bridgewater share some offensive playbooks, Sean Payton? Uh, thanks. Good stuff, guys. I mean, I maybe would change some of the language to this, like just some schemes or uh, some uh, concepts, excuse me, specifically like this is what works for me. This is what I liked. Um, also, you hear you heard Drew Locke in his press conference say that he's told uh, Shermer some stuff that he doesn't like specifically running. Um, and they're going to chuck it out of the playbook, maybe tweak things a little bit to make sure that uh, it improves. So uh, absolutely. And uh, I said it last Tuesday also um, this, yeah, this past Tuesday, you know, I, a lot of people want to give Julak uh, a little bit of benefit of the doubt with the everything that's going on in the world, and I get it. Um, it's been a weird offseason, and uh, they made it a weird offseason, but that also goes for uh, the play callers as well, right? They don't know as much as what they would typically have, and it took them a little bit longer to kind of tweak things to their personnel and what guys were uh, comfortable with, and you saw that down the stretch last year, um, not only with Julak improving his play, but also uh, Shermer tailoring things, more under center, more play action, more uh, 12 personnel, that um, helped Drew Lock play better. So uh, I think it goes both ways. And I would expect Shermer this year, given that it's going to be a little bit more normal um, to uh, have more tweaking and uh, customizing things to what the quarterback does well. Now, the big question, though, and it's kind of it's not as uh, drastic as when the Broncos had Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch. But if you have two quarterbacks who do different things well, you probably you have a little bit more pressure to figure things out quickly because you're going to tailor your offense to your starter and uh, that changes what you're doing personnel-wise, scheme-wise, et cetera, et cetera. So that's that's one of the big, uh, at least in my opinion. What do you think there? Yeah, and and for me, just take the word book out of it, and you're right. Do they do they share some plays? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. not even not even if they're not even talking to Shermer because I see Charlie Beagle has kind of a funny comment. It's like, uh, you know, here's how we did it in New Orleans. And say, hey, Teddy, how about you shut up? Well, that, that that's funny. <laughs> um, but uh, the, you absolutely, that's part of the experience and learning things from different coaches and taking it with you. That's one of the reasons you bring Teddy Bridgewater in. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, when we, we've seen this before and we see this coverage when we played against this team. Instead of breaking this way, you break that way. Or we rotate this, 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 this tackle over here to, to cover. So um, you're absolutely sharing plays. We know this worked well against this team or against this guy, against this player at this time, this down and distance. So you're you're going to want to tailor to strengths, and why would you go away from what's worked before 
if if they've had success in the past, then then yes, they absolutely bring stuff with them from other plays. In fact, Teddy said so. You know, he's learned stuff from Sean Payton. He's learned stuff at, at Carolina from uh, is it Joe Brady? Uh, learned stuff there, and he's bringing that knowledge with him that makes him a better quarterback. So yeah, absolutely. Yep. No, that's a uh, that's a good call. Um, y- you have to do that, right? You have to lean into those guys and talk to them. So. Um... Is what it is. Well, we the, got coaches, the coaches talk to each other. You know, opposing yeah. quarterbacks talk to each other. That's all. That's all part of being a professional. Um, they're not bringing the playbook here. Here you go. You know, that'd make the news. But they're they're all gleaning stuff and, and sharing their knowledge and experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Nope. That's a good call. Um, I want to get to this question here from uh, Kareem coming in here. Uh, June second has come and gone. Is there another date we should keep an eye on regarding Aaron Rodgers? Uh, so it's obviously OTAs right now. It's voluntary OTAs. If uh, Rodgers is not there by the start of actual Green Bay uh, training camp, um, then that's one you should look out for because if he's still playing hardball then, um, that really starts to put pressure on the Packers. And then uh, preseason as well. It's not that Aaron Rodgers would probably even play preseason. Uh, does he need to? I don't know. Like They're not bringing in a bunch of new weapons or whatnot. It's not a new scheme. Um, but uh, every single one of those like dates when it's the things ramp up towards the regular season is another, uh, I would say a clutch or a, a choke point for movement here in this Rogers saga. And, and Kareem would be a bad look if he missed all the preseason, but he doesn't need a preseason. No, you know, he's, he, he's, he's certainly experienced enough. You know, you want your quarterback there, but how about September 12th? You know, the first game of the yeah. year, um, you know, that to me, that's a deadline. That, that's a drop dead deadline for him. So you, you don't want him. He doesn't want to miss the whole preseason, but if he's not at the preseason, it's not really going to affect what you see on the field. It'll affect morale and that could have an effect on the season. So, um, you know, I think the first preseason games, August 14th against the Texans. How about that for your quarterback drama, green Bay and Houston, who's quarterback there. I you can't know. wait to watch a, Tyrod Taylor versus Jordan Love, man, what a what a barn burner. <laughs> It'll be, be interesting, you know. I don't yeah. know how much they've actually seen Jordan Love in Green Bay, you know, after after drafting him. So, but uh, you know, for intriguing games, that one's intriguing. Who's who's going to be the quarterbacks? So, um, yeah. you know, c- uh, coming out of the coming out of this year between Houston and Green Bay. Uh, do you think Shermer is a strength or a weakness? I think he is a neutral. I don't think he's a massive innovator, um, but also it's not like. Uh, super conservative Rich Scangarello out there um, having spats with the head coach. Um, <laughs> don't want to get too far into that. Um, or uh, Mike McCoy, who's uh, just making a living or Adam Gates making a living off of their connection to uh, Peyton Manning. So uh, he's actually, is probably the Broncos best offensive coordinator they've had in a, uh, a bit, but uh, he's not really, you know, a huge difference maker. I just don't think he's going to kill you. Uh, his biggest, I'd say his biggest weaknesses, his scheme is not uh overly simple for the quarterback, right? Like you have your quarterback has to be able to go through their reads. It's not like this Kyle Shanahan offense where like the first read is typically open, like a lot of times, um, which, you know, great Kyle Shanahan does that. But uh, Shermer asks you to be able, the quarterback to be cerebral and go through reads and uh, go different places based on what the coverage is. And if your quarterback can't do that, offense is going to have issues. Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of keep it simple, stupid. You know, yeah. um, the blocking schemes. I mean, the offensive line, it's, it's, it's sometimes your your smartest guys, you mm-hmm. know, uh, on the field. And and again, I go back to the Denver heyday of just churning out 2000 yard rushers. Th- th- that makes for good quarterbacks when you yeah. when your offensive line is like that. So as a strength, as a weakness, uh, I'm going to plead ignorance on him. But when I start hearing, oh, we have to dumb down the playbook, I start cringing a little bit. I don't I don't like to hear that. 
you know, it, it's these guys start to think they're trading nuclear secrets out there sometimes and try and outsmart themselves and just keep it simple. It's still football, you know, bigger, faster, stronger, still going to win a lot of football games. And if yeah. you make it too complicated, then everybody slows down. I said a few minutes ago that anticipation is worth two steps. Well, you know, if, if you're in your head and you're not reacting instinctively, everything goes slower. Yep. That's why a lot of times you see with defensive players, things kind of slow down and they start to, um, react instead of think and that's when magic happens especially for the goes those good athletes uh, we got tyler coming in here saying i know we shouldn't get too excited about anything at this time of year but as our position group you can start to get a good feel for is the hype for sertan too soon um well that's cornerback is one position where guys are going to be put on islands and you're going to kind of um, be able to pick apart the the haves or the have nots and same for wide receiver is the hype too soon for sertan um He's still going to have his ups and downs this season. I mean, we saw last year with two top 10 picks at cornerback, Jeff Okuda, number three overall. Uh, granted, the scheme was not good, um, but uh, he struggled a lot. Uh, so did CJ Henderson. So there will probably still be some ups and downs for Sertan, but uh, is the hype too soon? I don't think so. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's a great scheme fit. I think he's exceptionally intelligent. And uh, is he the best cornerback in this class as far as like leave a guy on an island um, and cover him? Like down, let's say there's a fade ball or a down at the red zone. Would I pick Patrick Stan over every, anybody based on the film? Maybe not. Maybe that would be Caleb Farley. I think he was probably the best one-on-one cornerback in this class. Um, but as far as like back seven working as a whole, Patrick Sertan might have been the best cornerback here because he's so smart and he's going to be able to communicate no, not only what he's doing, but what everybody else is doing as well. So uh, I don't think the hype is too soon. Not at all. Well, and, and for me, the the question for me is, is what level is the hype? You know, I always, I always yeah. answer that when it's like, oh, is this guy, this guy's so overrated. I'm like, well, it depends. What do you rate him? You know, that's a that's a relative question. If you think, you know, is the hype, oh, this is going to be, a, you know, a Pro Bowl corner. Yeah, that's that's too soon. Or he could be a big contributor to this defense and he looks really good. No, that's not too soon. That's that's true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going back to, to Nick's point, for me, uh, you know, who is he covering? You know, if he's in against OBJ, then I'd, I'd like somebody maybe a little smaller and a little twitchier. But if he's going against Julio Jones, yeah, I want, I want Sertan out there. I want somebody that is that has size that can match up with him you know, relatively, uh, physically. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think the, the, the hype is too soon, depending on what you think the hype is. Yeah, that's, that's very true. That is a, uh, that's a variable that needs answered. Um, Chad coming in here, uh, is the Fangio defense mostly zone almost prevent and we will play red zone defense or was it because of all the injuries last year? Um, I'm going to try my best to parse through this Chad. Um, Fangio's defense is mostly zone. It's kind of, it's kind of a hybrid, right? It's a match zone. So like it looks like zone until a, a player comes into your zone and then you take that player like man coverage. Um, but uh, it is mostly keep things in front of you, prevent the big play rally to the football. And uh, I think the days of defensive football where it's like, you know, we're not giving up any yards, three and outs constantly, et cetera, et cetera, with how the rule changes have uh, impacted the game. I think those days are gone. I think if your expectation is like giving up 70 yards for a total game, um, I don't think that's very uh, reasonable. I mean, you hear, listen to Nick Saban talk, right? Like he's saying like the, the rules have changed so much that we've had to change how we're attacking football because you cannot play that style of football anymore. That that style of football that was uh, SEC, like what was that? The game against LSU and Alabama was like seven to six or something. Uh, that's, those are dead. Um, so that's true. That's dead in college. It's dead in the NFL. Maybe not in the big 10. But uh, I think between, was- between those two, those two defenses, there were something like <clears throat> 20 of 22 kids played in the NFL. On yeah. that, I'm like, there's a difference between bad offense and good defense. And, you know, my Pac-12 snobby friends were making fun of this game. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is like, you know, Roger Clemens going going up against, uh, 
Randy Johnson, you know, this is a 0-0 playoff game, not not just two bad offenses. And these defenses were loaded. Anyway, continue. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah well, good point. Um, but uh, it does play zone. It's mostly keep it in front of you. And I think it's a perfect defense for uh, today's NFL, where um, so much of uh, points or yards don't equal points. And if you can make a team have to execute 10 to 12 plays to score points and then also make, uh, have them give up threes instead of sevens. That's a winning formula in today's NFL with how the game is being played. Um, it's when the teams are giving up like 70 plus yard touchdowns or uh, giving up touchdowns constantly in the red zone where you really start to fall behind. But if you make a team have to execute 10 play drives where they're not making mistakes, which if you have to, if you have to string together 10 plays to score, odds are you're going to make a mistake on offense. It's just, it's just a numbers game. Um, so I think that is a, uh, it's just a change in uh, philosophy and how the game is being played right now. Um, and we want to give a shout out to uh, Dale Hendricks coming in here with a $3 uh, super over on uh, YouTube. Dale, if you have another question, we'll get to that here. And uh, we got KR coming in here, uh, Christy um, saying a breakout player number two. So uh, we've had a couple of breakout players here. Do, uh, Scott, do you have any kind of breakout players that are a little bit uh, under the radar? I know we talked about them a couple weeks ago, but uh, anybody coming to mind for you? Um, who's, who's number one? Is Patrick Sertan uh, number one? So I'll, I'll give you two just to make sure. But Patrick Sertan, I think, should be a breakout player for this team. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for, for number two, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it easy. I'm going to say Javante Williams. You know, anytime a rookie is coming in and, and has, a, has a year like that, it should be a breakout. And then comeback player of the year, I'm hoping, is Cortland Sutton. You know, I, I want him to have a – he's already broken out, mm-hmm. and then he missed a year. So I want him, I want him comeback player of the year because I, I want to see him healthy again. Yeah, no, that's that's a good call. Um, breakout player for me. I think just the way this Broncos team is set up right now, uh, I think he's already on the scene, but I think he is actually going to explode this season, and that is Noah Fant. Um, I think that year three for a tight end, um, especially with what it seems to be the emphasis for the tight end position. And apparently, I mean, again, it's the zero-sum game. Like, Is it because the Broncos linebackers are, uh, A, in a bad situation in seven-on-sevens, and B, potentially not great in coverage? Noah Fant's cooking him out there. He's just killing him, getting wide, wide open uh, pretty consistently. But he's what he's 23 years old this year, third year tight end. Um, it looks like he's really like he looks like a when he came into the league, I was like, okay, no offense. You want to play an offline. You don't want him being that sixth offensive lineman as that why. The body type does not look like that anymore. That that guy looks like um not Gronkowski, but he looks like he belongs as an attachment of that offensive line as a wide tight end. So I think Noah Fant is a guy who's going to explode this year as a breakout player. Um, another breakout player this season. I, I would have said Garrett Bowles last year, so that one did come and go. I think Noah Fant's an, a pretty obvious one as well. Uh, breakout player. I'm just going ahead on uh, different positions. There's God, a lot I of think... veterans on this team. You know, that's yeah. the good thing. You know, yeah. there's, there's a lot of established veterans, so it'll be tough to break out. That's why, that's why I went with two rookies. <laughs> yeah. Judy seems like another obvious one because the just historical data for wide receivers. Good yep, good job. Um, uh, just KJ, Ham- KJ Hammer's another one. Well, if the injuries you know, are Judy fine, he had almost 900 yards as a rookie. Yeah. You know, he can yep. still improve obviously with the drops and the catch percentage and all this and the touchdowns. But um, you know, his touchdowns went from three. He should double that this year. Don't you think? But we also start talking about these guys that should improve. Everybody can improve. There's only one football. You know, yep. so Sutton, Judy, Fant, Patrick, Hamler. Uh, then we're going to throw the ball to Gordon, Williams. I, I just went, I just named seven names. Yep. You know, and, so there, there's only one football out there. And this is the other name that was coming to mind for me as well. Uh, Draymond Jones, breakout this year. 
Um, year three for Draymond, that should be great. And also, uh, not maybe not breakouts, but uh, with Sutton and Vaughn coming back, or that those are maybe breakouts compared to last year. But I think Fan is going to kill it this year. Yeah, me too. I think Fan, man, if, uh, if the Broncos can just find the open guy and uh, if other teams are having to pay attention to Judy and Sutton, Fan could eat. There's just... That's the thing about, like, I, we made a joke about it last Tuesday. It's like, oh, the Broncos still don't have any linebackers to cover Kelsey and Waller. Pictured behind me right now, all the linebackers in the NFL who can cover Fant and Waller one-on-one, they do not exist. They just do not exist. Um, like, even in the Super Bowl, everybody's like, oh, man, look at how great the, the linebacking play was for Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. Travis Kelsey still had 13 catches for, like, 130 yards. They limited him from the big plays, but he still ate. You, they, they just don't have guys to cover those people. It's like, oh, why can't anybody... Uh, pitch around Mike Trout. Mike Trout's freaking good. I don't know what to tell you. Like sometimes great, great players are just going to be great. So uh, that's sorry to get off my, uh, my high horse there. Um, shout out here to uh, Sykes JB coming in with the super sticker as well. $20 super Sykes. We appreciate you. Um, heck of a lot. Yeah. Let us know what it was in the uh, comment section here. I'm um, Alberto. That's another one that we talked about a couple weeks ago, talking about a bust, a breakout player. Uh, he's going to have to prove to be a more well-rounded player. Um, before he uh, really becomes a breakout player. Cause like coming in last year, he was kind of a screen pass slash running up the seam player. Cause uh, he doesn't have almost any route nuance. Um, he's just plays way too high when he's trying to change direction. Uh, kind of a common uh, scout cliche is a uh, turns like a battleship or an aircraft carrier. Right. And that's just, that's physics, right? He has, he's so big and pl- so tall that uh, his momentum will carry him because the weight is higher up. Um, so he needs to learn to play lower and also for being so big, I hate to use the word soft, but uh, he needs to kind of figure out how to be a blocker at the tight end position because it's not like he can be Evan Ingram out there as a uh, a lighter player uh, detached from the offensive line. Um, but uh, I think that we don't have uh, any other supers right now. So, uh, Scott, I think we're going to get get on out of here. Um, yeah. what, it's what, Thursday? A, what an hour, hour oh five. Appreciate the, the good words, Greg, and everybody that's come in. Um, Hope you're enjoying it. You keep coming back. I've recognized a lot of the same names in the comment section. And I know there's always a lot of lurkers, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, having worked in, in community for a long time. There's a lot of lurkers out there. So um, we appreciate everybody that's listening to it and, and, and jump in. Say hello. Say hello sometimes. So, uh, you know, just uh, I know people like to listen and that's not necessarily get involved, but just say hey. Just say hey. Say hey. And I also dropped the uh, sub there for um, Scott as well. And, uh, Scott, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, look right here. 800. Nice. We did it. Well, nice. not did it, but we're trying to get to 1,000. But Yeah, uh, we're getting close. I mean, uh, I basically, I think I was at 150 in January. So, and uh, you know, there's certainly more I can do. I really enjoy this one. I really enjoy doing this one. So I, I put more work into uh, into this than on uh, on my own channel when it comes to original content, which, but that'll, that'll change too. And uh, you know, we, we, I've been, uh, this is a big reason why my channel is growing is as uh, the Broncos community. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we we're happy we can be here for you and we appreciate uh, your insights coming in here as well. Um, so that's great. And also I see that Chad is uh, finally starting to put the uh, Broncos for breakfast in the, uh, the podcast stream as far as like iTunes, like I'm getting po- uh, pings, on the podcast now that uh, Scott and Nick for uh, Broncos for breakfast has been downloaded in my iTunes. So uh, that's exciting as well. I think we, I think maybe we've officially made it once the, uh, that's happened. I think our, <laughs> our trial period is over. Um, so uh, shout out to all you guys also for making that happen. If there were no listeners in here, no super chats, no subscriptions, no eyeballs, we wouldn't still be and, here. And I'm going to, I'm going to go a full week. Uh, all Chelsea. 
Okay, you week, have to. And then I'll change. I'm going to celebrate the, the the Champions League victory with the, the 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 swag for a full week, and then I'll back off a little bit. But for now, go blue. I think you get all off season. Personally, I, I give you leeway the entire. Yeah, the, the beautiful thing about soccer is off season lasts about five minutes. They're all in internationals right now. I mean, they're all on international duty right now. Soccer is twelve months a year. That is truly the world pastime. Yeah. No, that's uh, not cricket. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, th- thank you guys very much for coming in here. A quick question here from uh, US Dave before we get going too far. Uh, has uh, Kyle Pitts looked as good as advertised so far? Uh, again, it's just it's just talk, you know. Um, and, and really, for for him, it's like off the hoof. You know, he yeah. walks in, and you're just like, uh, yeah. But we knew that coming in. You know, he's he's six six, two hundred forty five pounds. And if you didn't if you didn't have any perspective, you'd think he was a corner because he's so well proportioned and all. I mean, just he's a specimen. He he, he is. He's a specimen. Now now all the talk down here in Atlanta is Julio Jones. That's yeah. what everybody is talking about right now and and if you're not talking about julio jones you're complaining that julio jones is going and matt jones is staying i mean matt ryan is staying so um all the talk right here is julio jones in, in atlanta for sure and i see everybody uh, saying my favorite uh show or i love all the pods uh, best show by far guys there's so many different shows on this channel which makes it really great um i don't know if i should take this personally saying favorite show is i feel like you're a you're taking a shot at me, maybe a little. It's it, this is just Scott Love, but I it's about me. I have to make it about me. No, um, but I appreciate it, you guys. Obviously, there's the Huddle Up podcast with uh, Chad and Zach. They've been going strong. They're our flagship program. Um, they are a different flavor than uh, what Carl and I do with uh, building the Broncos. Obviously, got the hat on for that one. Um, Tuesday nights, um, they're a different flavor than what uh, Lance and Eric do for uh, Dove Valley Deep Divers, and they're a different flavor than what uh, Luke and I do for um, uh, Mile High Insiders. So. Uh, Obviously, if you guys have your favorite ones, that's great. But uh, I love that they all have different different flavors, uh, different voices, different themes, uh, different personalities, right? If, if it was all homogenous and boring and just kind of an echo chamber in here, that would suck. You don't want that. That's bad in football. That's bad in the real world. Um, so, uh, you know, we uh, we appreciate that, um, that everybody is uh, commenting there. But uh, if you like this show, give the other ones a chance. Or if you don't like this show give the other ones a chance you know there's different different strokes for different folks as they say but uh, guys we got to get going um this has been broncos for breakfast we will be back again next tuesday at 8 a.m uh, at some point scott and i are gonna have to go sit down over our schedules because i know that uh, summertime is going to be it's the off season and uh, we're gonna have some uh, other things coming up here i got family coming that i haven't seen in a year at some point maybe it'll be gone for a few days uh, checking out the olympic peninsula etc cetera, etc cetera. and i know you got a uh, sports stuff coming down the tracks as well for your kids. So that'll travel, be fun. Travel baseball, travel baseball. Travel baseball. Uh, we got a, a destination tournament at the end of June. And, and real quick, Richie asked important closing question, soccer or football uh, depends on my audience And here. I'd call it soccer or international football. Uh, if I'm talking straight soccer, if I'm doing a Chelsea talk, I'll call it football. Uh, I'll, I'll call, I'll call international football, I'll call it football. So it depends on my audience on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I see Richie Rich here saying, uh, this pod is my top five. When there are five uh, mile high huddle pods, um, uh, way to be inclusive, Richie Rich. I don't know if it could be one, it could be five, um, but that's great. Um, also, guys, uh, make sure you're following following us on Twitter. Uh, both pretty active on there. Myself at Nick Kendall M H H. That's K E N D E L L. Somebody got a a letter wrong crossing Ellis Island. I think there's no Kendells that I know of in the world, but uh, there's one here. And uh, Scott at Scout Kennedy as well. Uh, speaking of Twitter. Follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you guys are joining us on Facebook, real quick, before you get on out of here, 
please click the thumbs up. We're at 34. That's 34 is not a great number. 35 is much better. So if we can get one more like in there, that would make me oh so happy. Um, also facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle to become a supporter. Also facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Um, guys, if you're joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share uh, this channel. It helps us get to new audience members, new listeners. It helps us with uh, sponsors and uh, helps keep the lights on in here. Um, speaking of keeping the lights on, I know that we got Scott to 800, but we're trying to get to Scott to 1,000 here. Um, let's push for the end of June. I think that's that's a good time. We got a month, a lot of shows left, but I think with your trajectory, even though I know it's off-season, we can get to you to 1,000 uh, by, the, by the end of this month. So youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. I'm going to drop it one more time in the chat as well. So you guys can click that. It'll ask you, hey, do you want to become a subscriber or a follower of the channel? And uh, yes, that'd be great. Oh, we got to 35 also. Thank you guys, whoever that last person was. And thanks, Dave. Um, but uh, uh, Scott, anything? Uh, give us uh, your elevator pitch, your channel. That was, a, that was a long goodbye, Nick. I think I think we're I think we're ready to go. That was a long goodbye. So uh, I, I appreciate everybody. Goodbye. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Or if you're on social media, I'll see you in five minutes. Just hit me up with a question. I, I am obsessive compulsive about responding to everything online. Absolutely. Well, guys, I hope you all enjoy your weekend. Uh, stay safe. We love y'all. Go Broncos.